Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 971 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, June the 23rd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And of course, please make sure you're subscribing to, rating, reviewing, telling a friend, all the stuff that you're supposed to do to podcasts to show that you like them and support them. Uh, please do that to this podcast. It's very much appreciated. Also, we have the other Locked On shows being covered. Uh, uh, you're covering all the show, all the teams around, all the big four sports and the NCAA as well. You've got the NHL playoffs going deep. You've got the NBA with the draft lottery that happened on Tuesday night, which we're going to talk about today, of course. But if you're interested in the ramifications for one team or another, go listen to the corresponding Locked On show, breaking it all down. And without further ado, let's get to it. It's a big day here on the podcast. Your Toronto Raptors have moved up in the draft lottery from seventh up to fourth overall in a draft that has largely been considered a draft with as many as five franchise-changing talents at the top. Seems pretty good to me. Uh, Joining me to discuss the happenings, the news, what it all means for the Raptors going forward here, uh, just a couple or just an hour or so, an hour and a half after the news came down, is our pal Vivek Jacob. What's going on, buddy? Nothing much, man. It's been uh, it's been a good vibes day, and to cap it off with the Raptors moving up to fourth in the draft, as soon as uh, as soon as Fred Van Vliet was going to be the guy representing, you knew the good vibes were going to be there. Uh, better <laughs> on Fred, and it came through. I was I was kind of hoping to really ramp up the vibes. There be Fred Junior right there, but mm-hmm. and maybe that's what uh, that's something that could have got the Raptors the number one pick. But hey, not complaining about number four. I'm just going to assume that Fred Jr. was in the room that Fred was in somewhere. It looked like he was at home because uh, he was on Zoom, of course, with all the other representatives. I'm just going to assume Fred Jr. was there. And that is the little extra bit of luck the Raptors needed to move up. I got to say, it was pretty thrilling to see the Raptors not come up at number seven and that little intermittent time we were doing our Locked On <laughs> Raptors draft lottery watch party, of course. And uh, thanks, of course, to everyone who joined that. It was a ton of fun. We raised nearly 1800 bucks across the inter- uh, Indian Residential School Survivor Society and the Islamic Relief Palestine Emergency Fund. So thank you to those who donated and who attended. It was a ton of fun. And boy, we were just like shaking and uh, very, very excited in the intermittent commercial between realizing the Raptors were going to be top four and the revealing of the top four picks. A little disappointing, I guess, to not get number one, but number four is awesome, and it's a huge, huge coup and a nice bit of karmic retribution after the hell season that was for the Toronto Raptors. Big V, what are your sort of takeaways? What's your big overarching impression from a very, very big night for the Toronto Raptors? I think my biggest takeaway is the Raptors are in the driver's seat the getting into the top four you you can just stay in the draft and draft an extremely quality uh, prospect you can look at other organizations and what they would consider value for that number four pick along with maybe some other assets if Mm -hmm. you you want to address uh, another need and if you're looking at it and saying 
you know, I, I, we talked about this a bit earlier. I love the prospect of bringing Bradley Beal to Toronto. And you think right. about what the Raptors lack uh, on the team right now, he would be an absolutely perfect fit. And so there's trade machinations that you can work out. There's, uh, again, the draft capital. And so I think the Raptors have plenty of flexibility, which is where they love to be. Yeah, I think that really is the thing to come away thinking about here. It is options. The Raptors have options now. They have, you know, they're going to have a dude fall to them at number four. Maybe they find themselves really liking Jonathan Kaminga and they want to reach for him, I guess, a perceived reach. He's considered a top five guy, has been all year, has kind of, I think, fallen into that fifth slot behind the two Jalens, Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley. But, you know, you get your pick of the litter, whoever falls there. You know, I think the secret little thing here is they're picking below the Rockets and the Cavs as it stands right now. Two teams that are dumb, uh, which is a nice thing. And you can get the the guy who sort of uh, leaks through their sort of grasp and and right to you. So that's kind of nice. But yeah, the trade possibilities are going to be there as well. And it is nice that there's just, there's no need for the Raptors to force anything here you know they can wait till draft night see who falls to them and happily take a guy who is a top four talent in a draft that's considered to have five franchise changing guys and just go from there and that's really great I, I I really can't really come up with anything negative about this at all yeah it'd be nice if he got number one because Cade Cunningham is that fast track to contention contention within the next couple of years but you know, number four is a wonderful consolation prize after a hell season for the Raptors. And it's uh, it's really, there's nothing to complain about, man. It's very, very exciting. Who are you currently secretly hoping the Raptors, maybe not so secretly, but who uh, of the main guys at the top of the lottery? We've talked about them a lot on this podcast. Everyone's kind of thought about them. Who of those main guys, the Mobley, Green, Suggs, I guess, trio, the most likely guys to follow the Raptors at four? Who are you most keen on? Who are you most hoping falls to number four? I would probably say Jalen Green. I think, again, when you think along the lines of what would fit the team best, his ability to create his own shot, the way he rises up, that stroke is pure. Um, And then I think that experience of playing with the Ignite is really valuable as well. There's good vibes, again, with him having been teammates with Amir Johnson. So uh, I think it's all positive from from that standpoint. And so, yeah, I really like Jalen Green. Uh, the only thing I am a little skeptical about is, uh, you know, whether the Rockets will go ahead and take him at number two. Sure, sure. So, uh, I yeah, I, I think that highly of him. And frankly, you know, I think that's where it gets really interesting, right? So say, for example, mm-hmm. if the Rockets were to take uh, Jalen Green at two, are... Uh, the Cavs going to select Evan Mobley at three because they're uh, presumably going to re-sign Jared Allen as a restricted mm-hmm. free agent. And so that opens up the possibility of, hey, if if Jalen Green is gone, then guess what? Evan Mobley at four would be pretty damn awesome as well. Yeah, Mobley fell to the Raptors in the second locked-on mock lottery draft we did a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think it was the... Magic and the Pelicans who had two and three and they just happened to want guards over a big you know fair enough you know if I'm the Cavs considering the pedigree that Evan Mobley has I'm not totally sure 
if I'm passing on Evan Mobley for Jarrett Allen, you know, Jarrett Allen's nice and all, but Evan Mobley seems like he's got a way higher upside. You know, again, everything for the next month when I'm talking about these prospects is is sort of couched with the whole uh, I'm an idiot and I'm not a prospect evaluator type of guy. Uh, and so, you know, there's a chance I'm wrong about this kind of thing. But from the Cavs, I don't know if I'm saying, oh, Jarrett Allen, he's the answer. Let's, you know, take Evan Mobley. Maybe it's just a matter of asset management. You feel like you can get more out of a green or a Suggs if they're there, but or even a Kaminga, frankly, considering a big forward, you know, sort of 3-4 type wing is probably what the Cavs want or need the most right now. You know, there, there's all sorts of different ways in which the Raptors end up with an excellent player here. They're going to end up with a very good player. I have no doubt about that. It feels like Jalen Suggs is maybe the guy most Raptors fans are coolest on. He's certainly the guy I'm the coolest on in those top four, but that doesn't mean he's not awesome. And we just saw in the tournament how freaking good that dude is and how clutch and the big balls on that guy. So there's uh, no downside here whatsoever. We're going to dive into the individual prospects a ton over the course of the next month or so. Obviously, we'll do full episodes on Green, full episodes on Kaminga, on Mobley, on Suggs, the whole crew. So we're not going to get too, too specific here. I do want to dig into the possibility of trade with the Raptors, though, and this pick, because there are some interesting possibilities that have already been kind of thrown out. One I threw to our Oklahoma City Thunder host on the live stream that Lockdown was doing during the lottery and after the lottery tonight, that our Thunder host, Rylan Stiles, actually seemed to think was pretty good. Uh, so that's a tease, baby. We'll get to that in a sec. We're going to dive into some trade talk uh, and just sort of, you know, just think about what the Raptors could do with that pick. That's the beauty of this. I said this on the live stream that we did. You know, in terms of like interest on the podcast and sort of keeping things engaging over the next little while here, I'm kind of happy with four because it gives lots of options and lots of different avenues to discuss as opposed to getting number one and just talking about getting Cade Cunningham for a month and a half. Uh, We get to dive into a whole bunch of different possibilities and we're going to dive into some trade stuff in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Spotify Green Room. They've rebranded, no longer a locker room. They're Spotify Green Room now and they are the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download and Once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. And I'm hosting rooms quite a bit with our pal here, Big V, Vivek Jacob, and Katie Heindel once in a while as well. Locker Room's the perfect place. Sorry, not Locker Room. I keep screwing that up. Spotify Green Room is the place, uh, the best place to start or join conversations about the leagues that you like. You'll find fans just like you on Spotify Green Room with watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reaction to big news or rumors. You'll have the chance to chat with me. Vivek, Katie, whole bunch of pals, and we're doing the rooms quite frequently. Not sure if we're going to get one in this week, just schedule-wise, but we did one last week, and there will surely be lots of draft-related ones in the month to come before the draft on, I believe, July the 29th. Go download the free Spotify Greenroom app right now, currently available on all iOS and Android devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, whatever group it is that you like. Follow me at Sean Woodley, just all one word, and be notified when my rooms go live. You don't want to miss them. Again, we're going to go on live regularly through the next month or so. See you there on Spotify Greenroom, changing the way we talk about sports. All right, we're going to continue on here, but just a reminder that our NBA playoff coverage here on Locked On is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the playoffs a little bit more this season with Michelob Ultra and all of our wonderful Locked On shows covering the playoffs as they continue. Locked On Suns, Locked On Clippers, Locked On Bucks, yeah, Locked On Hawks, all those shows uh, digging deep on the final four teams in the NBA. Sure to be exciting stuff on the road to the finals with Michelob Ultra. All right, Vivek Jacob, 
the Raptors have the fourth overall pick, as we've discussed and will discuss plenty over the next little while here. The trade thing is going to be a thing. It's fun to think about trades, and honestly, a team like the Raptors' profile is a team that might look to trade a pick that's this high. They have an established core, guys who are already on their second contracts with the team. The time is ticking, for sure, on those contracts, and you know, waiting around for a high pick is going to be a mixed bag, I think, in terms of are they ready to compete by the time those guys, you know, sort of salary counters are up. It's definitely a question the Raptors are going to have to weigh here. And so the concept of getting a more in-their-prime, ready-to-go star to pair with Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and whatever else they can bring in is very, very interesting. I think there are a few guys out there. You mentioned Bradley Beal. We could talk about some other guys as well. But just in terms of just the general sort of philosophy of trading the pick, where are you at in terms of like your, say, scale of, you know, one to 10? How eager are you to see the Raptors shop this pick pretty aggressively to try to find some sort of star to pair with their established core? I'm fairly eager. You know, I think when I think about who might go at two and three, how realistic is the possibility that Jalen Green will be there at four? And that's not to disrespect. Evan Mobley or Jalen Suggs by any means. The other, the other thing I'll quickly add about Jalen sure. Suggs, you know, if the Raptors sort of start leaning towards and get the feel that Kyle is on his way out, then Suggs does become mm-hmm. uh, more important or more intriguing at least. Um, sure. But, you know, it, it, when I think about the potential of what Jalen Green could become, uh, with that scoring capability that's basically what you want from Bradley Beal so if you can just go out and get Bradley Beal why not and so it just comes down to a question of hey are the Wizards open to trading him are they looking to go into another season of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal together and seeing what they can do were they encouraged with by the way they closed out the season and do they think they can build off that uh, with Daniel Gafford uh, alongside them for a full season and having Thomas Bryant back. That's something they'll have to consider. But hey, if they're open to the possibility of, say, the number four pick, Fred Van Vliet, Chris Boucher, another pick for, you know, another first round pick for uh, Bradley Beal, that that would tempt me a lot. You think about re-signing Kyle Lowry uh, off of that, you, then you're looking at a starting lineup of Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and uh, you know maybe Kem Birch, and I feel like yeah. that that's a lot of fun, man. And that's a lot of winning. That's a it lot is of a winning. It's a lot of too. fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's for damn sure. We did kick around the idea of a Beal trade if the Raptors were to jump up, which as it happens they have, so that's fun. But on our Spotify green room last week. Um, you know, we kicked around the idea of, you know, you try to keep Fred, I think, because Fred paired with Beal seems like a pretty easy fit in the backcourt. You get the defense, you get the guy who doesn't have to have the ball in his hands all the time. Beal can kind of run the show a little bit more. Um, but the idea we kicked around was, you know, salary fillers. So it's like Hood, Baines, Chris Boucher, and then like Malachi Flynn is a sweetener, plus four, plus all the picks. 
you know, in this context, it sounds like, you know, the Wizards are looking at a rebuild. Maybe they're looking at finding a new team for Russ, whatever it might be. Maybe they're rebuilding with the knowledge that Russ will help them do that if he's the only good player on the team. Um, you know, there's there's that those considerations. I wonder if that's enough. Probably not. It might need a Fred or something like that. But, you know, the appeal to me of a Beal is pairing him with a guy like Fred, who's such a damn good defender, is such a perfect fit. And as much as we love Kyle Lowry in these parts, he's not the same defender that he used to be. He's still incredible, and I'm very eager to bring him back, absolutely. And we'll get to in the final segment, I think, what this means for Kyle Lowry. But, you know, the the Beal thing is, is certainly an interesting one. I think I'm a little bit less hot on the Beal thing than you. You seem to be very lusty for Bradley Beal, which, hey, uh, it's hard not to be. He's excellent, and it would be an excellent, excellent fit. I've been saying all along that what the Raptors need most is some sort of two-guard who can become the number one option, sort of slot everybody down in the pecking order a little bit, and just sort of all the pieces kind of lock into place, and Beal would certainly provide that. I have no issue if the Raptors want to pursue that kind of deal. Um, you know, I'm just hesitant to include Fred in it, and you know, then maybe the trade doesn't get done because you need to trade good stuff to get good stuff. And so that's certainly uh, one consideration. The trade that I teased beforehand, the, the trade that I posed to our Thunder host, Rylan Stiles, who knows the Thunder inside and out, has been very familiar with the rebuild they're doing. They're very cowardly and stupid rebuild. Um, you know, the trade I posed there was the, the Thunder got the raw deal in this draft. They, they did not get the Rockets pick and they moved down to sixth overall. They did not get a top five pick in a draft where they have been clearly angling to try to get multiple top five picks. Sam Presti loves his, his picks. He loves his talent. He loves his hypothetical, oh, that guy could be good type of players. And I wonder if you were to call up Sam Presti and say, hey, Sam, you're about to have to pay Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's a year, he's up for an extension this summer. He's maybe not quite on the timeline as all these other picks you have in the future. He's three years ahead even of the guy you might take sixth overall, whether it's Scotty Barnes or whoever it might be. What do you say? We give you four, we give you our first next year, and we sweeten it with a Malachi Flynn, and you give us Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I don't know if the Thunder accept that, but Ryland Stiles, our pal over at Locked on Thunder, did say that that is something that you'd have to think long and hard about because Shea's timeline with every year is getting further away from what the Thunder's timeline is going to be, which now looks like the Thunder, the next good Thunder team might be in like 2026 at this rate at the earliest, considering just how you know stocked they are for picks in the future, but they didn't quite get the dude this year. Obviously, Cade Cunningham would have you know expedited that rebuild. They didn't get Cade Cunningham. They're not going to get one of the top five guys here. What do you think of the idea of just calling to see the appetite of Sam Presti trading Shea Gildas-Alexander? Because, my God, that would be a delightful fit. Yeah, that absolutely would be. I, I You know, we've seen in the past that Masai looked to trade up in the draft to, to be able to select Shea Gildas-Alexander, so we have mm. a pretty good idea of how he feels about him. <laughs> uh, so... I definitely think, for, you know, from what Bobby Webster said as well, that they will explore every possibility with this uh, draft pick. And so uh, I, I think that is a very intriguing trade where Sam Presti stands on, hey, you know, this is the one guy I can kind of float and say, hey, we're not just, you know, completely, absolutely shitting the bed here. It's Shea Gilgis Alexander, um, mm-hmm. so that might you know play a little part in all of this. I'm just gonna pull up that 
uh, Bobby Webster quote about picking four to seven. And mm-hmm. well, oh, sorry, moving up from seven to four. So the value from seven to four, even if you look at it historically, whether it's the player or a trade, it's meaningful. All of our options sure. are open. And as much as we love the pick, we're also going to see what it yields us outside of the draft. So, yeah. So they're obviously going to be open to every possibility. And I think the Raptors front office is as smart as it gets. And they will know just as we do that if there's one type of player that you can get in a package uh, to address the biggest need that the Raptors have ever since uh, there was that Kawhi sized hole that was left, (laughs) it's that tier one superstar. And so if you can get that, you go out and get it. So, yeah, uh, I'm with you, man. If it's Shea, I, I'll be jumping over the moon. Like, he'd be a phenomenal yeah. fit. He'd be amazing. The efficiency he had this year with no help around him and the crazy usage he had. I think he led the league in drives. Like, he was just plowing into defenses and scoring at will. I think he had a north of 60 true shooting percentage, which is just batshit insane considering the supporting cast he had there mm-hmm. Shea is very much on the track to be like a, a a superstar like you know obviously all superstars are made differently there's the super duper star tier you know the five guys who can carry your team to contention right away is Shea going to be that maybe not but either way Shea is excellent and I make that call just because of the way the lottery broke for the Thunder. If the Thunder were, you know, sitting there with the Rockets and the uh, and their own pick at like three and five, that was a, I think their ideal scenario here. Then yeah, you're you're probably you know not making that call because they're going to get the dudes they want to fill around Shea. But this lottery went so poorly for the Thunder, which my God, it makes me so happy after they just pissed away a good team for no reason, a team that literally could have been the Suns right now. Um, you know, it it, it it truly delights me, but. Had the lottery not gone so poorly, I don't think this is on the table, but because of the way it went and because of Sam Presti's horniness for this draft, uh, I I do wonder if maybe that's something you could throw out there. Again, this is just us spitballing an hour and a half after the lottery, but it is certainly a thing I'm going to be thinking about for quite a while. Is there any other sort of star out there that you'd feel comfortable offering that fourth pickup for? It's kind of a fine line, right? You want to find someone who's going to help you contend right away. You don't want to make a trade just for the sake of making a trade for a star who's maybe not quite there. Um, what, what, what sort of, what's your cutoff line of the, the type of player you'd be willing to move that fourth pick for? It's got to be an elite level player. I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm just looking down the list of players. Like, I know maybe Jimmy Butler is a guy that's too old, and I don't know what the situation in Miami is. Um, especially if they can't get a major free agent. Uh, seems like he's gonna retire there and live in Miami with Pat Riley for the rest of time. But that seems likely. <laughs> but I mean, I guess there was that. Yeah, I guess there was that random uh report that came out which his agent completely rubbished so right. yeah that's probably right. not a thing um yeah just looking down the list i can't really like unless through some weird happenstance damien lillard actually becomes available i can't really see another superstar really being on the table maybe carl anthony yeah. towns who knows 
Yeah, I, I think that the Wolves really should hang on to Towns and just see how they that should. Towns-Edwards partnership works out because it did look pretty promising by season's end. It's a shame they didn't uh, move up in the draft lottery, honestly. I was rooting for them to get a high pick just because it'd be cool to add some other talent to those two. But um, yeah, look, it, it's you can hypo- hypothesize about stars all the time. It's really hard for these guys to come loose. It's always more likely than not that one of these trades is not going to happen. We're just having fun here on a draft lottery night and just like glowing, basking in the glow of the fourth overall pick and how damn fun it is. And again, all the options it opens up for the Raptors. I do want to talk about a guy who also has options this summer, Sorry, Kyle Lowry, very... and how this lottery win impacts things. Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, no, just just before we go to Kyle, just because I was like yeah. scrolling up and down these teams, very, very random thought. I haven't even looked into the machinations of how a trade for this would work. But sure. If you can't get that superstar guy, if you could get two very, very good players, would that intrigue you? Like, say, hypothetically, like, say you were able to get a Malcolm Brogdon and a Miles Turner. Hmm. I think you're kind of capping yourself a little bit. Like, you're not getting... I hear that. No, the uh, guy yeah. who pushes everyone down the rung, right? Like yeah. That's, I think, what you need. You need to find exactly. a guy who makes Pascal Siakam your second option. Yeah. is kind I'm... of the dream, and I don't think you're doing that. Yeah, no, I'm guys. I'm fully in agreement with you. I just wanted to throw that at the wall and see what you thought of. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, well, we will get to Kyle Lowry, who, again, has as many options as the Raptors, probably more or maybe less. I don't know. We'll see what the market bears. But I do want to get into what this means for Kyle Lowry and his free agency. Uh, we might not know yet. We might not know until draft night and we see exactly who the Raptors pick. But it is very fascinating. And uh, I'll get to that in one second with Big V. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar who are making the best tasting protein bar money can buy. They have nine amazing staple flavors in their regular lineup, plus the occasional limited time flavor. Let me tell you, I'm currently munching the Grasshopper Cookie Bar. Uh, That one is, it's like a mint treasure, like girl guide cookie. It is freaking delicious. It's so good. And those flavors pop up from time to time on BuiltBar.com. You should definitely go and peruse. But if you can't get one, you can always get a mixed box, for example. Get two of their nine basic flavors, and you can decide which one you want to buy a full box of. Not only are Built Bars uh, very, very good tasting, they're also healthy for you, too. They have, uh, most flavors have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and just 4 grams of net carbs. That rocks. And right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off your first order. That is the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. The NBA draft's coming up. I'm pretty sure you can bet on who's going to fall where. Bet on who the Raptors are going to take fourth. Why the hell not? Of course, they have all your other sporting needs covered too, from the NBA to NHL, UFC, MMA, whatever it might be. Head over to Bet Online right now on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign-up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus when you use uh the promo code locked on all one word l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n on your first deposit that is a great deal you put in 100 bucks you get 150 bucks to play with that rocks go to betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts 
All right, Vivek, there are so many things we can dive into off the draft lottery, and thankfully this is a daily podcast because we can get into all of the different things to dig into over the course of the next days, few days, weeks, months, whatever it is. Um, But I do want to talk about Kyle Lowry. We haven't really talked a lot of Kyle lately. It's been sort of up in the air. I'm very much 50-50 on whether he's back or not. And I always thought the draft lottery was going to have some sort of say in what the Raptors plans would be relating to Lowry and what his you know desires might be based on the positional you know ads the Raptors might be making through the draft it's all very up in the air and I'm not sure this lottery really gives us any more clarity frankly and it might take until draft lottery day to get a real picture or sorry draft day that is the draft day proper to get a real picture of what the roster is going to look like and if Lowry's going to fit in I'm curious, Big V, your initial impressions, do you think the result tonight of the Raptors moving up increases the odds that Kyle's going to stick around, decreases the odds? What's your read on this at the moment? Honestly, Sean, because of the fact the Raptors have more flexibility, I'm actually more uncertain of which way this goes now. Because <laughs> there's there's so many different options for them now. And so, for example, that hypothetical where we're talking about trading for Beal, you know, part of why it, you can say it's easier to give up Fred because then you just go ahead and re-sign Kyle Lowry, right? And you have mm-hmm. that two-year window where you can really go at it and you hope that Kyle can maintain um, <clears throat> his level of play. And, you know, beyond that, you, you look at sign and trades of what might be possible. That that that's open, you know. If you look at the situation and Kyle says, "Hey, okay, you guys go ahead and take a great guy at four, and I I can sort of move on to uh, a a more championship ready pasture," then then that that is always going to be a possibility as well. So I actually feel like the flexibility of getting into the top four graze things even more and it's less black and white than it was uh two hours ago yeah that's a really good way to put it i really think look i I, i've been so unsure as to what the plan is going to be and what's going to happen here i think for me it kind of hinges on evan mobley in a lot a lot of ways hear me out like i i think Basically, the two paths here are the Raptors keep Lowry, don't have cap space, they don't really bring in a center, uh, and you know th- th- maybe they find some sort of MLE guy or, or a cheaper option. But you know that th- the two sort of things here are the two guard spot and the center position. And bringing back Lowry takes care of your two guard spot. You continue to start him with Lowry and, and Fred, and you go forward from there. And I think that becomes kind of a likely scenario if Evan Mobley falls to the Raptors at four. You get the center of the future. You get to pair him with Siakam and OG, and my God, no one will ever score in that front court ever. Uh, and then Lowry can sort of be there, be a pick and roll operator with Mobley. You know, get him paid early on, all that. You know, the things he does with big men, and you know, maybe you can talk yourself into being a pretty damn good team in a couple years with Kyle still on the team. Is it a contender? I don't know. But what are the options out there for Kyle? And are there any sort of feasible ones that put him on a title contender right away? It's tough to say. If the Raptors go and, you know, they get a Jalen Green or they trade for a guard like a Beal or something like that, and they don't move on from Fred, I don't really see Lowry coming back. It just kind of feels like, all right, you know, we're kind of now 
putting the future uh, foremost here. We're going to have Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs take over that two-guard spot going forward. Kyle Lowry, this has been amazing. We'll work on a sign-and-trade for you. We'll add Ben Simmons to play center and a sign-and-trade to the Sixers or whatever. Uh, that's tongue-in-cheek. Uh, <laughs> it's not happening. Um, but, you know, I could see that being a bit more of a sort of hint that, okay, you know, we're, we're kind of already, you know, ready to move on with the future it's not like we're sitting there with some gaping hole of flowery walks and then if you get a Jalen Green or a Jalen Suggs uh, you can fill in that two guard spot let Lowry go have some cap space to work with and then find your center there and then you're kind of filling up the roster that way so maybe that's too simplistic a look at it maybe there are other things to consider here maybe Lowry's open to a bench role maybe the Raptors don't want to start a Jalen Green from day one um there's also Gary Trent to consider here too I keep forgetting about Gary Trent but he's there kicking around as well you know it is very unclear it's you're totally right that this kind of throws it all for a loop I do think though the fact that there's a chance now that they could get Evan Mobley the center of the future that wasn't really an option at number seven or eight I think that kind of opens the door a little bit for a Kyle Lowry reunion if uh, they end up with Mobley. But again, that requires two teams to pass on him, which seems unlikely because that guy seems like he's going to be amazing and centers are kind of back in vogue now. So it's tough to say, man. I uh, I don't even know what I want anymore. I want <laughs> Kyle Lowry back, obviously, but also, you know, I'll totally understand if the roster kind of lines up in a way where it doesn't really make sense and there are other sort of options for Lowry. I guess the nice thing about this is that the fourth overall pick is going to cushion the blow if, in fact, Lowry does leave. Would, it, would you agree with that, at least? Yes. Um, I will I will add one more part to it. If, if Masai resigns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if, if, if you have the pick and, and Masai is back to, to manage this roster, then absolutely, it, it, on the whole it's probably a win for the Raptors this off season. Yeah. I, I mean, they're off to a damn good start, man. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a lovely, lovely bit of news. The fourth pick in this draft is where you want to be. It's wonderful consolation. I will fully eat crow right now on the podcast. I did it on our, on our draft lottery watch party, but I'll do it now. My desire is to make the playoffs and get the, the brains bashed in by the nets or whatever in the first round. Uh, those were stupid. I'm very glad things went the way they did. Uh, you know, obviously the season was terrible and I never want to see a season like that again. It was miserable and tanking. Uh, it's not something I want to see become a regular thing with the Raptors, but certainly, this was uh, a really nice consolation prize at the end of a trash season that sucked, and it's uh, it's only going to go up from here. I did say during the back part of that season when things were really dark in that March where they went 1-13 or whatever it was, this is probably as low as it's going to get. I will say that I was right about that one. It's only going to get better from here, and the Raptors are in a pretty good spot. The infrastructure that they're going to add a high pick to is pretty damn impressive compared to some of these other teams. And, I mean, if I'm an agent... As we talked about with Raphael last week on the podcast, if I'm an agent, I'm hoping the Raptors end up getting my guy at four, even if it costs my guy a couple extra bucks going from two to four. I'm not sure I want my dude uh, being the sort of savior of the Houston Rockets because that seems like a doomed uh, endeavor for anybody. So, uh, Big V, this was lovely. Thank you so much for taking the time on a busy night. Do you have any last things you want to say, anything you want to promote? Oh, one quick thing I will say, I didn't mention it on the Zoom, but it was just nice to see so many uh, people and, and fans that, that listen to the show and uh, yeah. shout out everyone that contributed to those two amazing causes that you had. And so uh, that was really cool. 
And besides that, just the usual stuff. Uh, I will plug my Melvin Edgem feature uh, that came out this week. Yes, guy. And that's uh, up on the CBC website. It is uh, on my profile. Uh, I'm going to pin it to my profile right now. <laughs> so that it's easy for you to find. <laughs> but yeah, obviously a lot of uh, work going into the Olympics coming up. The qualifying tournament is coming up. So we'll be doing a lot of cool stuff for that that you can look out for in terms of North Courts content. And that's about it, man. Amazing, dude. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Very fun times. The next month on the podcast is going to be a blast. So I hope everyone tunes in for that uh, and gets excited for the draft and all the different uh, possibilities that come out of this very, very exciting night for your Toronto Raptors. Of course, you can find me at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe to, rate, review this podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's always appreciated. And a couple of things to promote. Uh, I guess the main thing is CEBL Weekly, my weekly sort of talk show, highlight show, fun sort of featurey show uh, that's going to be on the CEBL Plus app is debuting on Thursday. I'm shooting the first episode on Wednesday. It's going to be a ton of fun, and uh, I would really love it if you would watch the show. It's only $17.99 for the year to subscribe to CEBL Plus. You get all the games, plus you get access to feature content like CEBL Weekly and a bunch of other cool stuff, documentaries, highlight shows, all that stuff. So uh, it'd be very much appreciated. I uh, uh, it's going to be sort of a little baby of mine. It's, I'm putting a lot of work into the show and having people watch it would be great. And the CEBL starts on a Thursday. It's very exciting. This, the league's going to be awesome this year and uh, I'll be covering it all throughout with CEBL Weekly and the CEBL Show podcast. So we got that to promote as well. Uh, all right, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back again on Thursday, surely to talk about draft stuff because that's all I care about now. How could you not? It's a wonderful night for the Toronto Raptors. We'll be back again on Thursday. Uh, until then, have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>